Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Talk About It Tuesday. I'm your host, Malin. And I'm your other host, Jamie. <laughs> Co- you're my co-host. <laughs> no. Um, we are... <laughs> we are... I don't even know what that would be. Co-host. We're co-hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> um, okay. Today's article, we are focusing on... A follow-up to an episode we did on Roundtable Mindset. Uh, for those of you that are following along, I believe that was episode 30. Um, that was released back on early November. Uh, we talked about the Universal Basic Income uh, Program. And today's article touches on a, a, I would say, an experiment or some sort of pilot program that uh, the state of California is looking at. So the article comes from the Business Insider. And I'll just give you the headline really fast. It says $750 a month was given to homeless people in California. What they reported spending it on is more evidence that universal basic income works. So as we as I go ahead and summarize this article for us, um, it comes from the great state of California. Uh, we're talking about the specifically Los Angeles County and a hundred homeless people um, uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area were giving uh, $750 a month for an entire year, no questions asked. So again, this money, it appears, was given to them for them to spend them as they need to. Um, they The study goes on, or the article goes on and says that the study, um, they just released the first six months of uh, results, uh, the impact of what this... Um, pilot is doing for those individuals. Um, so far, the findings appear to be, um, you know, some are quoted that saying this is the latest piece of evidence showing that ba- the benefits of basic income plan and that they work. Um, after six months, um, some of the results that they specifically called out were uh, those who received the $750 a month stipend were less likely to report being unsheltered and say that they were closer to having enough money to meet all of their basic needs compared to the control group of individuals who um, only have access to usual homeless services and were not given the stipend. Which I think, you know, if I was part of that study, if I take just a minute to kind of re- absorb that, I think you'd have to keep those two groups separate because I don't know how you would be part of a group and see half of you get money every month for a year to change your life. And the other group of individuals were stuck doing the same types of homeless services. I think there would be some bad blood there. Yeah, certainly. Hopefully they didn't tell each other about the other. That would be <laughs> right. kind of crappy. That would be, that'd be cruel. That'd be cruel. <laughs> well, of course, anytime you're doing research like this with people involved, I, I can't imagine that has to be a really difficult thing to do anyway, because, you know, you could have you could have four or five individuals in the control group that are just receiving the the established homeless services that you know, might be super resourceful. And you know what I mean? Like, I, it just, it's difficult when you're studying things that aren't constant, like people, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think what's interesting about this article, Malin, and the fact that you have in your new algorithm after talking about this have received what three other articles, um, about this is we were like, has this ever happened in the United States? I don't think so. And here we are, like, there's three articles or four articles saying, hey, look at where, what's happening in Seattle. Look at what's happening in California. California, exactly. Um, I, I found another article just to do a little segue. Um, 
back, you know, in Texas that was just released on the 18th of December, where uh, in Harris County, which is a county in Texas, they were giving people $500 um, a month. And they're having people sign up to go to that. That program begins in January. Um, so again, to your point, there's all these pilot programs going on. Looks like different states are looking into it. Wow. I had no idea. I had no idea. You heard it here first. That's right. Ground, groundbreaking. I, I, I do want to say, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do want to say we were first. I mean, let's be honest. Um, just really quick, because uh, I know that there's some conversation that you and I want to have. Uh, some of the, um, I, I, I should mention that the study is conducted by uh, the San Francisco Nonprofit Miracle Messages and the University of Southern California, Susan Doric Peck School of Social Work. Um, and so I, I kind of want to give them a shout out. So they're recognized for the ones that are doing the study. Um, some of the, the results that are coming from this, some of the metrics, <clears throat> which I think are pretty interesting. Uh, they found that those that were receiving the 750 stipend reported spending the highest share, so roughly 36.6% on food for the first six months, which I think is pretty important. I mean, if we're going to the homeless, and again, I know there's different degrees of home, what homeless means, but just taking it at face value, food's probably a really major commodity, a really a major need that they need, you know, looking for. And so that kind of makes sense. Um, the article goes on and says participants on average reported spending ne- nearly 20% on housing, 12.7% on transportation, 11.5% on clothing, 6.2% on healthcare, and 13.6% on other expenses that were not classified. One of the people that led the study, his name is Ben Henwood, uh, he told the Los Angeles Times that it dispels this myth that people will use the money for illicit purposes. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say that based off of this and we can kind of get into that in just a second. I think it's really cool that it's helping people. Um, I just kind of want to look at this in uh, totality, um, just before I hang my hat on that same hook. Um, because the media and why I say that, Jamie, is I see you chuckling and kind of smiling at me. <laughs> like, is of the, course. <laughs> the very next paragraph said um, he told the Times only about 2% of the $750 a month was spent on alcohol, cigarettes, or drugs, um, with the majority of that 2% was on cigarettes. Now, I would be remiss to say um, this is a self reported. So everybody that was in this program was reporting on what they were spending their money on. So I do need to kind of put that out there as, as a context. Um, but, you know, this article is pretty long. So I think, you know, that's pretty much the summary. Um, there's a lot of good information in there. I think it is helping uh, the, the, this group of individuals. And then the last thing I want to say as I'm wrapping up this so we can get into our conversation, Jamie, is um, the article mentions that there's pilot programs in Denver. And from the actual episode that we recorded back on Roundtable Mindset um, and Stockton, California. So that place has come up again. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, And they said that they they produced similar results. So here's something, I guess, just working in this field and knowing how this stuff works, right? A little bit. Obviously, I don't have any idea, any specifics of their, their study or what their requirements were or anything like that. But in general, I can tell you that when they do things like this, when they have programs and things like this, there's often like different requirements as far as um, 
you know, they might need to meet with someone to get some coaching. They might, um, you know, you had pointed out that it was self-reported. It does say that in the article that the, that these were self-reported results on how they spent the money. Um, but oftentimes with programs like that, you have to meet with someone weekly and, and go through a budget and say, okay, you know, where did your money go this week? What did you spend money on? Um, which I think makes it a lot easier for them to keep track of those percentages. And so I, I hate to I hate to dismiss any validity in the results that are coming out just based on, well, it's self-reported and they could be lying about it. You know what I mean? Um, because oftentimes they do have a lot of follow-up built into these programs so that they can so that they can get some good solid results from that. Um, so I just wanted to toss that out there, I guess. Yeah, and and I I didn't say that to you know kind of disprove the findings. So I think ultimately, even if people are self uh, reporting on what they're spending the money on, you can take a look and say, for example, you didn't have a house, you didn't have shelter, you didn't have clothes, food, and then after six months of being in this program and getting the seven hundred and fifty dollars, suddenly you have an apartment that you've rented out, you have new clothes that you're wearing. Maybe you don't look you know <laughs> so. Uh, so weak, you know, maybe there's some color in your cheeks, a little bit of weight gain. Like there's indications that all these things that you're spending your money on. So I wasn't trying to say that to say all these people are lying. This is, this is not working. I think, I think what I was trying to just say is it's funny to me that we have this control group and, and maybe this is how it has to be. Maybe this is what, you know, to your point, this is normal. I just find it very interesting. That it's like, okay, just tell us what you spent your money on. And we're going to feed that back into the study and report those metrics when they're not really, I mean, how, how would you validate any of those? I guess, other than the things that I just mentioned about the tangible, right? Um, my hat does go off because there's obviously some very, very honest people that were in the study because they did report that they used this money on cigarettes, drugs, alcohol. So that does lend itself to more validity. And, and maybe if you're doing this type of a study, that's that's almost understood and implied and necessary to say we need full transparency. If you're going to use this for drugs, tell us you're using it for drugs. I don't know. I'm speculating. Well, and when they say no questions asked, that probably does make it a little easier to be like, dude, we don't care. You know, just we're just trying to do some research to see if this will help people. Um, and that might make it a little easier for people to report honestly, too. But okay, so here's one of my questions, though. As and, and again, I agree with all of that. But here's one of the things that I'm I'm asking you, my friend. I agree, works. but I don't. Let me ask you a question. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree that this is helpful. But here's where I'm like, this little voice in the back of my head is, but is this too easy? And what I mean by that is, they've taken an entire group of people that their basic needs were not being met. I'm assuming homeless people in my mind, I'm thinking you're out on the streets or I think you and I even talked about, you were giving me the different degrees of what some consider being homeless. So that might mm-hmm. be you're crashing on somebody's couch, but let's just take it as, you know, face value. So you're homeless. So that means you could be on the, the streets. You could be sitting on someone's couch. You could be living out of your car or whatever that is. I would assume that given that group of individual, any type of money, they would meet their basic needs first, shelter, clothing, uh, food. Um, and then once those needs were met, it would kind of ripple out to what are those things that you want to do? And that's where I would put in the cigarettes, alcohol, drugs. Some of them I'm sure would probably do, you know, maybe use drugs before anything else, but I don't want to get into that completely. My point to this is, uh, 
they're reporting that this is a, a, a win. And I can't, I can't argue that they've not made these individuals lives better, mm-hmm. but <sighs> because they were so not well off, like what, what else would they have spent that money on? So it's in my mind, I'm like, wouldn't it have been better to kind of sprinkle in some other individuals to really see what the scope of this work is? Unless this basic income for is only meant to be for the ones that are homeless or they um, make like a well below poverty or make nothing at all. I just think that it's kind of the results look a little too good, if you know what I'm saying. Well, and I don't know, I guess to me, It starts making me ask bigger questions than just universal universal income or, you know, it it starts making me ask questions like that are bigger than that. Like, you know, how is how is the way that our society classes out affecting people? And, you know, because we have we have upper class, we have lower class, we have middle class, we have upper middle, we have lower, you know what I mean? Like we have all, we have, we have a class system in our country. It's just based on typically on income. And how, how much better could could people who are not making the income do what, how much more could they can contribute if the income wasn't a barrier, if that wasn't, you know, such a huge piece of what's defining their life, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think, I mean, these things are so fascinating to me because they do see, um, even, even in our own, in, in our own research for our, our episode, it was just like, my goodness, it, you know, it's, it's interesting how these specific measures can, can impact and make such a big difference, but it does, it always leads me to those bigger questions, you know, those bigger, bigger thought processes, I guess, about overall, um, how does, how does, how does capitalism affect us as a people and, you know, things like that. It's just, um, it's really interesting to me. It makes me makes me really think, I don't know, deeper about some of these these things. If money were no issue, what would I do? You know what I mean? What well, I, well do? I do, but that's where that's another sticking point that I have. Money is an issue, and uh, again, how much people need versus how much they want that debate will go on to the end of time. But money, like you know, when we talk about this, if if money was no object, if money wasn't a concern, well, money is. And that's one of the things when we do these, these pilot programs, I always think like, yes, it works for this, you know, six months, a year, but then how sustainable is that? Because how, and maybe these programs are only meant for people to be on for a short term, for a short term. Maybe that's meant for them to own, if you're eligible to be in this program, maybe you can only be on it for six months, no more than a year. I think that's how um, like food stamps and welfare started out in the, in the, in the society, I believe was, it was meant to be an assistance, not a lifestyle. Um, And so that's some of the things that I look for, for these types of programs. Like are, are people expecting to stay on this forever? Is it meant to just be um, a, like a, a help, an assistance to get up on your feet? What I loved about the article is that so many people seem to be, you know, they were finding jobs. They had, they were using it for um, getting shelter. Or I'm going to say houses or apartments. Like it felt like the money was going to the right things, 
But my question is, how sustainable is that? And are we really looking at this long term to say, what are the impacts? And I know that's another area we talked on before, but that just keeps gnawing at my mind. Well, but then again, you know, you think about the stigma that comes with um, the stigmas that come with addiction, the stigmas that come with homelessness, the stigmas that come along those things. To me, these kind of things really help dispel, um, dispel the assumption that, you know, it's, they just don't want to work. They just, you know, like they're lazy or, um, you know, is it, is it that, or is it a lack of options? Is it that, or is it, um, you know, a lack of opportunity? And, and I think it's easy to say that when, um, when a child comes from a home with a lot more money, they have a lot more opportunity than a child that comes from a home with less money, you know, and that's, um, again, it, it, it makes me think, it makes me think philosophically about, you know, how we structure things and, and, and how I view things. And that's why I think these kind of, um, you know, these kind of articles, I, I don't live in California. Nobody I know lives in California. I can't some, send somebody to go take advantage of this program, but it really makes me think about how do I view, um, how do I view people and how can, you know, how can we shift that overall, um, regardless of, you know, policies and programs and things like that. It just, um, I don't know. It's just, this is so much bigger than just 750 bucks a month for a hundred people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree with you. And, and I think that's the way I'm looking at it too, is that it's, it's, you know, that one gentleman in the article is like, Hey, this kind of dispels the fact I'm like, well, I think this is a good step in the right direction. To your point, I think there are, when you bring this type of lifestyle, there are people that become down and out because um, they miss a paycheck or two. Our prepper friend who came on, you know, he talked about a short time in his life where he was working and his job was eliminated. And so for, I think he said for six months, they had to do other things to supplement their income and kind of pull back and, and, um, you know, it happens to anybody. So it's not just lazy people, but I also think there will be where there's opportunity. There's always going to be those individuals that will take advantage but that doesn't mean that this isn't a good program to look at. I just have some questions. Basic ones are, where does the money come from? I know in this study, it looks like it was a, um, I believe it was a mix of private and funded money. Um, but when you look at this long term and you apply it across the board, how, you know, how is this sustainable? What are the requirements? Who gets to come into this? Is there a time limit? Like, I think these are just the things that they have to iron out and, and that will happen as this continues to go. Um, obviously I'm, I'm assuming it's income based. And so, you know, there's going to be, if you make a certain amount of money, you won't be able to participate in this. A, a lot of those kinds of questions. Well, and I guess if, if you're talking about like, how would they implement this, something like this universally, right? I guess to me, I, I just, I really want to, I want, I, I just want to dig in and be like, okay, how can, how can this help us affect system change? How can this help us affect system philosophy and mission and things like that? And, and, you know, I, I don't think it is, it doesn't make sense. If everyone, if everyone who was at this level was given this amount of money to help get, bring them up to this level, well then, yeah, you're putting a bandaid on a problem because the problem is so much bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, um, 
I guess I would hope that we could take this information and and help it affect um, the way the way we operate societally. Um, but that is also super pie in the sky and way like I'm praying for peace on earth for Christmas, right? <laughs> like that's, I get it. But at the same time, if it can, if it can start, if it can start shifting those belief systems, I think that's, I think that's a good first step too. Well, and you know, again, leaving kind of on a, a note here, I would say there are some problems in the world that we all want to fix, but they are just so big that the best we could probably hope for is putting small band-aids on there to help make change. I could argue, although I won't do it here, there's probably some things that people try to change when we really don't need to change it. And I think that's just the nature of our society. But with this particular article, what Again, it's so fascinating to me that we were talking about this when we hadn't really heard about it. And then all of a sudden, all these articles and these pilots that are happening that we're we're starting to hear actual results coming from. Um, So this particular article, it sounds really good. I guess for me, I'm just like, but but is it too good to be true, I guess? Um, Yeah. So it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it, it was a good article. And I like literally my mind is blown at how much this is happening in the United States when we literally were like, what has this ever happened? I just it cracks me up. And thanks, you know, to our phones and technology, always listening to our conversations. Apparently, now we get to know exactly how much it's happening. in the United States. Well, and to be fair, to be fair, I put in a certain algorithm for my phone to tell me, hey, you looked for this type of stuff, we'll send you more. And so I don't know if this <laughs> was a case of eavesdropping or not but um yeah it's a very useful tool for this so hey google um, tell me how to make a million dollars a year let's see if it works just <laughs> exactly <with> it. <laughs> um uh, i think that's going to be it for the talk about it um we hope everybody had a really great christmas um we are actually going to take a i was going to say don't forget don't forget <laughs> <laughs> we debated um on the last episode of roundtable uh we kind of said we would be here and then jamie and i actually looked at our calendars and go yeah, we probably should take a break because family and holidays and all that fun stuff. So we will be back with regular episodes of Talk About It Tuesday on January 2nd. So um, we're going to take the next week off to kind of spend time with our our family and just celebrate the holiday. Yeah. So we'll miss you on Thursday. There won't be a roundtable mindset on Thursday, but we'll be back. We'll be back right after the first um, and We'll, we'll bring some, I, I'm really excited about some of the things we're planning. So we'll, we'll bring some good topics for you um, next year. So yeah, 2024, um, as I'm still pouring through our metrics, 2024, I'm, I'm looking forward to, cause I think there's going to be some really great discussions Yeah, and it'll be great. opportunities for us to hash out some of those things, Jamie, that maybe we put on the back burner in 2024. <sighs> Politics. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, have a great Thank rest of the break. Everyone. And yes, we'll see you next year. Happy New Year, everyone. Yep. Yeah, bye bye. Bye.